engage your core. Keep it engaged. Fundamental, isn't it, to getting optimal alignment, integrity, and benefit from each movement, whether we're exercising and walking in a Pilates class or on the dance floor, that mindfully engaged core is so essential. Similarly, as a leader coach, five core beliefs serve as your foundation. Keep them top of mind in each situation to power up the effectiveness and impact of your coaching. Listen today as Rhonda and Dale unpack what it takes to engage your coaching core and keep it engaged. Welcome to Conversations for Fearless Leaders, hosted by Dale Lachlan of Trinidad and Tobago and Rhonda York of the United States. Join us in our second podcast series as we explore how coaching is an essential skill leaders need to embrace as a powerful leadership strategy. We will cover how you can use coaching to catalyze change as well as accelerate employee and team performance. Listen as we share impactful tools and tips that you can use to immediately enhance your style of leadership. Come journey with us as we share insights and stories drawn from our combined 40 years of experience in business and corporate leadership and as executive coaches. We hope you enjoy the journey. So Dale, if you'll remember in the first two episodes that we've done in this series, the first one, we defined leader as coach. What is it? What it looks like? Some of the key elements. And then in this last episode that we did, we established five essential steps that we recommend that our fearless leaders use when they're serving as coach for their team members. So I think today, maybe we need to focus on those core beliefs that you just mentioned. That's a good foundation for our fearless leaders when they're serving as coach for their team members to help them be successful and for them to keep in mind as they navigate through the different situations that they might encounter with their team members. So at this point, maybe we need to just quickly, briefly go through some of the five core beliefs and talk about them so that our fearless leaders know what we're talking about. So where should we start? Hmm. Well, let's start. Five words, five core beliefs. What are the words? Trust connection, conversation, relationship, and leadership. Let's unpack each of these words now. Aronda, how about if we start with trust? Well, you and I know that if trust is not on a team and an organization and a group, you can forget the rest of the four because for me, that is that key foundation. So, you know, something, Dale, when I work with different leaders and even their team members, one thing I ask them to do is 
how do they define trust? I think trust is that word. We all know what it means, but do we know what it looks like when it's present? What are your thoughts? Why do you think trust is so important to start if we're using coaching techniques? Well, like you, for me, nothing works unless the trust is there. It has to be what the most important determinant of the effectiveness that the coaching is going to have. And what we mean by trust is that feeling of safety that exists between you and the other person. And it's only when that feeling of safety exists that it really earns you the right to coach. And it's something we've got to be mindful about, mindful about at all points. It's something we've got to measure the temperature of, the level of, continuously, before we start the coaching, during the coaching, and after the coaching as well. What are your thoughts about even checking in and finding out what the trust level is between a leader and their team members? Absolutely necessary. You were making a point a few minutes ago about trust being something that we all talk about, but there being there being it, it being so important to ask the question, well, what does trust look like in this situation? What does a high level of trust look like in this situation? What does the other person feeling safe look like in this situation? There's absolutely, actually, there is good reason why we might, as leaders, have a conversation specifically with our people around just that. What's the level of safety that we're feeling? And what does that safety, what does that safety feel like for us? How do we know when that safety exists? How do you measure whether that safety is happening or not? And it might very well be that you find that the responses that come look like, well, we really need to keep our promises to each other. When we say we're going to do something, we do it. I always feel that you have my back. I always feel that I can come to you and I feel safe with you. And you know what? I always am sure that you will keep our conversation confidential. To me, those are some of the questions that we might ask of ourselves and our people. And those might be some of the responses we get as to how we actually measure trust. Yeah, I agree with you on all those different ones. Even if we agree, I think it's a good thing just to have that conversation because it's a good reminder to people how we treat each other and how we show up, whatever level you are at in the organization, what trust does for that. And I think this can help us segue into the next core essential, and that's 
when that trust is there and I can count on you and I, and we have each other's back, then we're really making a connection. The leader has to have some sense of connection with their team members and that you aren't coaching me, leading me just because it's your role, but because there's really a sincere interest in my growth, my development. And if I feel that as one of your direct reports from my leader, I'm going to work harder and I'm going to want to be successful and therefore help my leader be successful. So you have to understand as a leader, what does connection look like? And that doesn't mean that you're friends and you're going out with each other all the time, but you can feel a connection. You know that. Actually, our brains, our bodies are wired to trust and distrust in split seconds at that moment of contact. You can feel that energy. You may not be totally conscious of it, But when we feel safe and that there's a genuine connection and trust between people, it's a lot easier to open up and really feel that that person has my back. I can feel safe, that psychological safety you and I've talked about before of knowing I can be honest and open and I don't have the fear of losing my job or retribution and my leader is going to support me so that I can achieve good work, good ethics. And when that strength of connection is between the leader and their people, that oxytocin positive energy that you and I've talked about really is released between the leader and the employee. And this is what can open all those new ideas, perspectives about whatever it is we're dealing with. And that innovation technique or that so many companies want it really makes it a lot easier to have that when trust and and connections there. So how do we get there, Dale? How do we build that trust and connection? Well, thanks for drawing that relationship between trust and connection, because that brings us to the how. How does it actually happen? It happens through the quality of the conversations that we have. And of course, that's the third word, isn't it? Conversation. Everything happens through conversation. That's a quote, of course, from Judith E. Glaser, who made conversational intelligence her life's work. And coaching, what is coaching? Coaching is a particular type of conversation. It can be formal, it can be pre-planned, or it can be spur of the moment, ad hoc. Whatever the situation, as a leader, If you're going to make something happen, you're going to make it happen through a conversation. So it doesn't it then make good sense that we as leaders who coach have a clear overarching purpose, a reason why we're going into the conversation so that the conversation has relevance. 
It has importance. It has meaning. We're not just standing up. We're not just getting together to talk for the sake of talking. And typically, each conversation follows a process. And here I think of the five essential steps we covered in the previous episode. And those being the five steps that the leader coach can take as he navigates the coaching conversation. Remembering, of course, that each conversation is unique. Why? Because each person is unique. One size doesn't fit all. And the focus of the coaching conversation is always on the performer, on the person, on the direct report. And therefore, we've got to be agile enough to adapt and flex to that person. I think um, something that I want to just reiterate that you said is that it's unique and it's different with every person. We've talked about in many of our episodes how we all communicate differently and Even though you and I talk about core steps or essential steps, it still has to be adapted and meet the person that you're working with. It's it's not a cookie cutter type scenario that you have to be able, you said the word agile, you and I have talked about dance in the moment, that you have to be able to know when and where to change and what works for one person that might not work for the other. And so, excuse me, if we're doing that, if we're communicating, having these conversations according to whoever it is that we're talking with, that in itself helps build the relationship, which is our fourth core essential or core step that we're talking about, this is not something, it can't be forced. And that relationship between a leader and their team member is so important. It's, you can't just show up, do this, don't do that. You're doing this wrong. You're doing this right now. Go do your work. That's where we talked about that connection and psychological safety. So I have to be safe and feel comfortable being myself. And that's where you and I can connect. And it's really such a powerful experience when I know that I have the support from my leader and my organization. And this really helps me build not only connection with my leader, but with the organization and the other team members. And again, as we talked about, it's unique and different for each person. You have to have a lot of patience and be consistent because someone might pick it up really quickly and have no issue or problem with what you're talking about. And for others, it may take a little bit longer. And it's just because we're different, not right or wrong, good or bad, just different. And so as a leader, this is, again, where the agility dancing in the moment, you have to know 
when to zig, when to zag, when to change, and how much time one needs versus another. So if you're building trusting relationships with your people, this helps you to navigate through these coaching conversations we're talking about, helps you determine the best approach with each situation, each person, to the point that it becomes second nature for all involved, because that's just the way our culture is. And that's really, I think, what you and I are asking our fearless leaders to do is to build that coaching relationship in an organization versus the telling, the power over whatever it is. So that's where I'm coming from on relationships. So. And I think that allows us to segue very nicely then into leadership because it's when the leader embraces and invests in coaching as a conscious decision. It's when that leader decides then that, you know, I'm acknowledging I can't do this all myself. It's not only up to me. I need the contributions of others. My job is to create the space in which they can perform and provide the resources they need to perform. It's only when the manager starts to, as I said, embrace and invest in this type of thinking that what happens is that he starts to make that transition from manager to leader, because in that moment, in his journey, what he's acknowledging that his role is no longer that of the individual contributor. His role is rather more the facilitator and therefore adopting or using a coaching approach in which he he seeks to inspire and guide, support his people, to fire them up, to perform at extraordinary levels, becomes his aspiration for how he wants to show up as a leader. How do we do this? How does he do this? He does this with, you mentioned the word with patience, consistency, period of time. He does this by paying attention, conscious attention to the sequence of trust, connection, conversation, and relationship. Because really, what is learning, what is realizing is that it is in showing up in this way that he's really earning the right to lead, which is why leadership comes in as one of the five core beliefs. And you know, Rhonda, we could talk about this for a minute. Leaders need this coaching approach now in today's environment, in today's environment of disruption and change and volatility. And within this hybrid work environment, leaders need this coaching approach more than ever. 
totally agree. They're being pulled in so many different directions and different demands. And we've talked about this before, how many changes keep happening because of the pandemic and everything else that's going on. One person cannot humanly deal with all this without having a supportive, connected team to help them. And that's really where this coaching approach comes in and becomes so valuable. And well, I was going to say, Dale, something else you mentioned was manage and leadership. And it's interesting because I just read a quote that I think is really very appropriate for this. And it said, lead and inspire people. Don't try to manage and manipulate people. Inventories can be managed. People must be led. And you really have to ask yourself, what is leadership? What does it mean? What does it look like? What is behavior? And I think that's another great discussion for teams to have because it makes me think of um, a client I was coaching one time and he said, if my boss would just make me um, a manager, I could be a leader. And I went, oh my gosh, you have it backwards. You have to show leadership qualities and skills before you can be a leader. It's not a title, it's a behavior. Somehow I think that these core beliefs are useful when we try to understand what leadership is. Because what is leadership if it's not trust, connection, conversation, relationship, so that over a period of time, we earn the right to lead. So that's our tool for today. Um, Engaging your coaching core and keeping it engaged through the mindful use of the five core coaching beliefs. So Rhonda, what's our challenge that we're throwing out? Well, I think that our fearless leaders need to become very self-aware by observing, listening, even reflecting back on different situations, conversations that they've had with their team members. And especially when you think you're coaching or intentionally coaching a team member to really reflect on it. And, and just notice the energy and the connection between the two. You and I hope that it does feel like a conversation and not a, um, can't think of the word I want to use, but the conversation where somebody's being getting in trouble, but it's really supporting, helping your team grow, and you can do that one person at a time. So really become aware of what's happening in your team, in your conversations, and the outcome of your conversations. Reach out to us. Tell us what you're experimenting with, how it works, what challenges you might have. 
And you can share all of that with Dale and I at www.conversationsforfearlessleaders.com. Thanks for joining us today.